Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing today, Will? Doing very, very well, Sarah. How about you? Doing good. So, how many times have you rewatched that awkward conversation from Collider Live? Because I'm at least <laughs> like 10 times. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it a couple of times for sure. And, uh, and then of course, Friday, was it Friday? Yeah, I was just, you know, when, when Christian was not on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, does someone have to get, go to the principal's office for the weekend or, or what? And then of course, Makuga, like, and, uh, and Riley did not ignore the elephant in the room, even though they poked fun at Roka <laughs> with that uh, joke as well. Yeah. Um, for those of who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Thursday's episode of Collider Live, where there was a heated argument, to say the least, about responsibility and production between Christian Harloff and another coworker. And, you know, I, I have to agree with with Mark Riley on it, though. It is really good radio because every, every now and then. Like, I think that's why shows like that work so well is because you, you wonder, they're not actors or actresses. They're real people who are trying to produce content and earn money. And it does, I mean, egos flare. And so it's every, it's interesting to sometimes see those cracks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not that our production meetings ever go that that get that heated. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're we're, like, we're much too low, like low timers. Yeah, we we yeah. I guess well, I, I guess to give folks some context, it was I guess Christian was really pissed off because of the uh, I guess Star Wars Galaxy experience opened up and uh, and. Folks who are familiar with Collider know he hosts the uh, Jedi Council show, and uh, so he's a huge Star Wars fan. So uh, he was not invited. The, the show wasn't invited, but I think a couple other uh, freelancers from Collider were invited, and so it just he was really butthurt by it, and uh, it, it spilled out on the air, and it was it did make for great great TV, uh, yeah. YouTube or great radio. It totally did. Yeah, absolutely. I I was expecting for people to get more butthurt over the fact that Robert Pattinson is the Batman or isn't the Batman. I feel like that's all anybody's talking about for this last week is that it, it keeps getting confirmed and then almost unconfirmed, but we still think it's happening. It's just, it's weird. It's yeah. a weird day to have this come out. Right, right. So at last, I checked, and even today, as I was preparing for for our show, he's still confirmed, correct? Yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, folks, if you hear anything different, let us know. But uh, I, yeah, because I was like, okay, I'm running with it this time, and I like posted it on our all our stuff, and and I haven't heard anything to the contrary because I didn't want to pull everything down again and say no, like we did before. It's like no, actually, he's not the Batman, but. It looks like Warner Brothers has officially signed off on it, so I think yeah. maybe maybe it was they were putting out the uh, you know smoke signals and trial balloons early just to sort of see how fandom was going to react if there were going to be petitions and all the other BS that we've seen recently with news about casting or trailers or whatever. And uh, I guess they were like, okay, I think 
the curating the positives way outweigh the negatives, and we'll officially drop it on a Friday. <laughs> I think it was leaked. I, I think WB got caught with their their hand in a cookie jar, and it wasn't supposed to come out like this because. And and this like just goes along with their track record over the years with all of these movies. They've had issues with directors, issues with talent coming and going. And especially this movie. This movie was originally supposed to be starring and directing by Ben Affleck. And look how that worked out. So I, I honestly think that it's it wasn't planned for them to come out for it to drop like this because if if everything's gonna change then why why still a week of mixed signals when it's like, no, we know this is happening. So I, I really do think it was a leak, and they were um, a bit caught off guard, to say the least. Yeah, I, I think you're right, because it was it was one of those things that it dropped, I guess, Friday, mid-morning, Eastern time, mid-early morning, uh, Western time, and, and it was it was like, oh, Really? <laughs> and I was like, I saw the deadline article on news alerts and I was just like, huh, okay. So I clicked on over and sure enough, it, uh, was said that he was cast and then Entertainment Weekly and a few other outlets picked it up as well. And, and I think you're right. I think it was one of those things that was scooped and then they were really running to play catch up because they probably were hoping to do a lot more fanfare mm-hmm. of, of releasing the, the, the new, version of batman the younger batman yeah and i mean now wb there's no going back like if you take this away from me i will riot (laughs) (laughs) and people stop with the petitions the petitions this is why we can't have nice things okay but speaking of leaky things and the dcu this week uh on the dc universe streaming service they dropped the first episode of Swamp Thing, which originally was supposed to be, I guess, either 13 or 15 episodes, yeah, but 13, due to 13. production, they cut it down to 10, which yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thankful for. Yeah. I watched probably 60 to 80% of this pilot. Um, I don't like jump scares. <laughs> I really don't like them. So I spent a lot of time trying to look on other websites as the jump scares occurred. Um, resulting in me only owning about like a percentage of actually watching the pilot. Fair enough. I, I had the same. Um, I, I run hot and cold with, with horror films and TV shows and stuff. And, uh, I, I uh, will say that, um, first off with, uh, with episode count, it is going to be 10 from, from 13. I guess there was some production issues, creative differences. They were able to, uh, under, from my understanding, rewrite what they needed to do to, to finish out the, the, the arc and everything. So, uh, so that being said, the, the palette itself with the jump scares and everything, I, I really enjoyed it. It was DC universe keeps with each show. I know it's early. It's just a pilot, but coming out of the gate, uh, each one just gets progressively stronger. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna um, drink that Kool Aid quite yet. Yeah. I I, I find I found it very refreshing mm-hmm. because we've lately been talking a lot about um, 
shows in this genre specifically that are a lot of teams and groups of people fighting together for a common cause. So for them to produce a a mini horror movie almost um, and set it in a new location. It's not it's not in the big city. It's in a small town. Small town with a history, small town that is like almost decaying in front of them. And and to have like a simple story between a girl and a boy who act inadvertently cross paths. Um, it was it was nice because yeah. we haven't seen it in a while. We haven't seen this kind of take. And it's a new area of D.C. that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I think I, what I say, uh, how I like the pilot and I think they're strong. I mean, Doom Patrol, looking back, definitely was, um, was a great pilot kickoff for a series. And again, uh, to your point, a refreshing take, at least in this con, at least with the mm-hmm. Doom Patrol context, it was, it was in the teams. Uh, but this one was refreshing in that, it was it was a fast hour to be in, in a good way uh, yeah. despite the despite the uh the moments where i mean the 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 guy you know, popping up off the uh gurney table was that that i i freely admit i was like i can't watch this <laughs> Just, that was so uh, gross that was so gross but yeah. hands off to yeah. special effects mm-hmm. because i feel like to go to your point what they are really doing with these shows is if you compare production between Titans and Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing, they keep elevating their game. They keep leveling up with the production value. Um, granted, I didn't really like how Swamp Thing looked at the end of the episode. Spoiler alert. Um, overall, I thought that it was a really good had some really well well done special effects and also just grossness. <laughs> yeah, it was def- the gross factor was was definitely there. It, it and something I know you you we've had discussions of on uh, long term listeners will will know uh, how you are really a stickler for practical effects versus CGI, and um, I really felt that they did a good job blending the practical effects and the CGI. Yeah. Uh, with this episode and it uh, I mean it was very seamless and their production you're right the production values with these shows do continue to get stronger with each iteration uh, for a streaming service I, I don't uh, clearly they probably won't uh, fully ever tell us what their budgets are and and those types of things but uh, the DC and Warner Brothers they're they are they are putting some money behind this and um, and I think it does help quite frankly uh, that uh, Greg Berlanti uh, is the production company behind this so he has a well established track record with uh, with the network uh, with with WB and I think uh, because of that uh, he can he can get these big dollars to to put behind these shows on on this platform and ultimately who knows maybe they'll integrate DC universe into a larger WB platform, but, it, but it, it's clear they are, uh, their financials or whatever, whatever, whatever they're looking at, uh, they are, they are definitely throwing dollars at these shows and, 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 and the, and the work product is shows and, mm-hmm. uh, on the production, even the casting. I mean, they've been able to get some very strong, 
cast casting of uh, actors and and it's just really been I mean, they have really into the year well not even a year which is funny uh, in the time that this series this service has been out which I guess is just really since last fall they have really come out with three very strong products. Two very strong products. Two strong, yeah. two, two strong products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tight. You know, it's it's always well. Yeah, you, you definitely want to, in order to keep people, you definitely want to obviously elevate the product as you go forward because you don't want to start out at a gate with something strong and then it goes downhill. And they haven't done that. It's okay. We all know you're a DC show. I'm a total uh, well. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I wish I were a shield. Send me a check. See. <laughs> so, so as I was watching the show, because I know nothing about Swamp Thing, I just know it's horror related. I started immediately Googling um, different characters that we were being introduced to. And so I had no idea, like for the first half hour, that Alec was going to ultimately become Swamp, Swamp Thing. That's like how 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 much I know about this series. Yeah. Um but I kept thinking I the more I think about it, I wonder if this is gonna r- retrospectively be a missed opportunity because what they could have done is they could have just had the first season be about him and Abby trying to investigate this this um virus that's occurring right. because of the swamp and yeah. at the end have him turn because Clearly, they're going to go for the love story angle. They have to with these two characters. They just met Will, and he's already Swamp Thing now. It's going to take me a while to figure out if I can really buy their chemistry. Like, did he really make that much of an impression on her for her to all of a sudden be obsessed with him? I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm kind of like, I think they had... They initially had the right approach, and mm-hmm. then for some reason they're just like, and by the end of the episode we're going to have this explosion. It's like, well, there was a lot more to explore. I mean, he's yeah. even has his secrets that we don't know about. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I did that. If I did, there was one. That was one of the things in the pilot that I wish they had delayed the transformation until the second or third episode. Because I, 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 like you, I just didn't feel, I mean, I, I saw the sparks and they did a lot with the, with the scenes between Alec and Abby to, to show that budding romance that, uh, will happen whenever he does become Swamp Thing. But, um, I, I guess it's hard, it's hard for me to see how that can develop. Because it was such a short time period. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah. So it's just in the, the believability factor of it. And obviously we have nine more episodes to go. So we'll, we'll see how it, how it unfolds. But that, that one, is, that is kind of a hard, uh, narrative, uh, pill for me to swallow at this point. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, they, they have a lot of time to make up for it and prove us wrong, but, Initially, that's my first reaction to it. I'm like, hmm, I would have yeah. made a different choice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just like, why can't RJ Tyler, like, get a job? <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously? 
he's in the first scene and then they kill him off and I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. What is what is going on with this kid that he can't like lock down a good long term yeah. job? They killed him on Black Lightning too after a yeah. few episodes. Like yeah. Jesus, did he piss somebody off? That's he all I'm saying. He's a good else. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. He was the poor. He was the poor sacrificial person of color that had to go at the beginning in a horror film. There's always got to be one. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that as soon as it, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what Will's going to say. Yeah, at least the folks in the hospital didn't get killed. <laughs> Whatever the creature like went off in the in the lab downstairs, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah for, definitely. And yeah. shout out to Crystal Reed. For anybody who's listening who's seen Teen Wolf, um, she continues to secure shows in this genre. Um, she actually did a stint on Gotham, too. Hmm. Yeah, cool. so yeah. she's very much a DC person. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, I, I don't know if you know this, but the uh, some of the creative team behind Battlestar Galactica is uh, part of the, the show running team. Nope, did not, did not know that at all. Yeah, so I know how much of a big Battlestar fan you are. Mark uh, uh, Ver, Verheiden, the uh, lead writers of the show, is uh, behind um, was behind uh, the creative team of Battlestar. So, so. Well, well, we'll see what what that lends to because yeah. you, you know um, I don't agree with one writing decision already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm with you there too, I, and, and I'm trying to figure out will they will they as they. Ex- open and explore this universe where we have flashbacks with Alec and as far as uh, getting into uh, the research, what he had with the Sunderlands, uh, clearly they opened up a lot of doors there with the Sunderland family. They're sort of old money in the town and uh, Abby and uh, Mrs. Sunderland's um, uh have a history there because Abby was best friends with their daughter and her daughter ended up getting killed and they blame Abby for it. So there's plenty of things there to mind. And, and I wonder if they'll have some flashbacks with, with that, especially given that Abby's basically, at least in a Sunderland's viewpoint, persona non grata in, in the, in the town. I, I completely agree. And I, I see that happening um, because they they did a lot of planting of seeds in this episode, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> and, and and which is a pilot. That's what they're supposed to do. They're spo- it's all set up. It's all let me introduce you to all of these storylines that we're going to mine out for the rest of the season. The one thing that they did not acknowledge that I think is very intriguing and I wonder if they're like holding back is um, Abby's family. Mm. You know, at one point I thought they were going to do this, this change and, and be like, Oh, actually she changed her last name and she's actually a Sunderland too for a moment. And then they didn't. And so I'm like, well, where's, where's her dad? Where's her mom? What, what happened there? Because right. when she left town, she didn't just leave behind the Sunderland. She left her own family there too. And from what I understand is that her dad in particular has a large role to play in this narrative, but that could be a season two or three storyline. Yeah, that could be, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. What let's um- as like you, I'm, I'm really not as familiar with uh, a lot of the story with Swamp Thing beyond uh, the previous live action, uh, the movie that was made, I guess, back in the in the 80s with uh, 
Louis Jordan and uh, Adrian Barbeau and I think Durek was the Swamp Thing at that point. Um, but as far as a comic, I, I really haven't read it, so I have to definitely uh, do my, my wiki homework to, to get up to speed on the all the, the narratives and, and see how they uh, blend the stories and the comics and all the various iterations from different writers into this into the show. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, from one streaming service to another, it took him a while, but finally Will sat down and watched season two of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I did. And, and like two nights. <laughs> he was really yeah. excited about it too. Yeah, I did. I was, yeah, well, it was, I had to get through all the other shows first, but it, the same thing happened last, if folks remember with me in season one, uh, because I, I was, Late to the party, but uh, once I, once I got in the door, I I pretty much just made myself a home, and I did that with this one, season two as well. Yeah, I did the same exact thing because it's it's so easy to binge with the half hour episodes, and you know what's going on, so it just it, it's it's like oh four hours went by and I watched like most of the season in one sitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think of season two? I I liked it. It it, it was it was serviceable. It uh, I I will I enjoy season one better. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this season there were just it, it was obviously it, it it was enough there to keep me engaged and for two nights it was I thought a good continuation of the story with Cobra Kai and. Uh, Daniel and, and, uh, Johnny, and of course, bringing back Kreese, who's the, uh, original sensei for Cobra Kai, and all the dynamics and things that, uh, is part of this, part of this universe. Uh, a couple things that did take me out of it, and, um, was the, the fight scenes this year were kind of over the top as far as, like, where they should be as far as like martial artists. <laughs> I was like, man, they're like John Claude Van Damme in it there and they really are just a bunch of white belts. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, they were well choreographed, but it was kind of like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a little bit too advanced for you guys at this point in your careers. But, uh, so that was a little taking me out. But as far as the, uh, one thing, one narrative thing that continues to just drive through, which I, it, the, the old rivalry, even when Johnny and, and Danielson tried to bury the hatchet and get, there was a great scene of the, of the two of them with their, uh, Daniel with his wife and, um, Johnny with, uh, uh, Miguel, who's one of the characters, um, uh, his mother, uh, in, in a restaurant and, there was a great scene, spoiler alert, of them, you know, bo- truly bonding. And we had that in season one too. I think when the when they were like in the when Johnny yeah. was testing out uh, testing out a car, and and whenever you think things are finally after what twenty or five years or however long it's been since they since the original Karate Kid, um, they finally get things going in the right direction, and then. Something happens to, of course, rip off that band-aid and just the, the old wounds just come back with a vengeance. Right. I, I, I 100, I agree. 
Um, I was about to say 100 and I'm like, but you threw out like three points and one point I didn't even realize was happening on the show. So um, I disagree with the fighting because I didn't even notice it. <laughs> you're not the, you're not the first person to say that about the season two. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess you're probably right. But for me, it yeah. didn't like take me out. What took me out was Samantha. Samantha was so stupid this season. Yeah. I have to say, I'm I'm so angry as what they did because she just turned into that annoying schoolgirl. I love you. I don't love you. Yeah, yeah. This is right. This is wrong. And I'm just like, where's the backbone of this character? Like, mm-hmm. what? This isn't about two guys. She needs to be focused. Like, what are they trying to say about who she is? And she became much more of a love interest as opposed to anything else. Like, she was pretty much a plot device used throughout the whole season and not necessarily even a character. Yeah. I found that with both female leads, actually, even what was her name? Um, well, no, but it was, uh, no, but her, was that? It was Tori. Tori. Yes. Tori. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I did not like about, um, both female leads in that they, you know, you can tell the show was written by guys. Thank you. <laughs> because, Can. Yeah, because the, the 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 female leads were basically the same archetype of, like you said, the damsel in distress, not thinking, not having a, their own agency, and and that was. I'm glad you brought that up because that was another thing that did take me out of the out of the show a little bit. Even though I enjoyed it, but I just did have some issues with it as I was watching. I'm like, come on, they just both were just yeah, they were written by men, and it just was so clear that they were, and it was not a good thing. Yeah, because the show the show does really good with Daniel and Johnny that complicated relationship. I mean, my one of my favorite episodes is that episode where they are you think they're finally going to become friends again. And then because of things that the kids are doing, suddenly it gets complicated and the lines blur. But they also had some good potential with Miguel and Robbie having that same volatile relationship where they probably would be friends if certain events didn't happen the way they did. And also their jealousy and their rivalry is rooted because of the attention of Johnny and wanting to be his son and Miguel not having his father in the picture. So there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah. You throw in the love interest stuff, you and, and you, um, and you dilute all of that because it just becomes a melodrama. Yeah. And not a, yeah. And, and, a, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're just replicate. It's just fast forwarding the movie, just plug in the, the kids, uh, in for the originals. And so it was, and I, and I, and, I, and I'm proud to be stand, happy to be stand, stood corrected if, if there were some female writers in this season, but I don't think there were because I've, I remember seeing them actually on Collider Live. Um, I think some of the folks on the production team, uh, were interviewed on, on the show and, uh, yeah, I, there is, you know, it's, it's a bunch of dudes, and so I don't want to belabor that point, but it, it, it definitely, it, it, I'm glad you brought it up because it did take you, take you out of it a little bit. Granted, the melodrama 
um, that I'm used to watching doesn't lead to one of the kids falling to pretty much what should be their death, but instead yeah. they just broke their back and who knows if they'll ever walk again. Like Jesus, that, yeah. that fight scene is crazy. Like it was. I, I, I agree. Like there, you have to suspend disbelief for a lot of what happened yeah. because yeah. of how long it was, but it was yeah. really entertaining. And as soon as they climbed up those stairs, I'm like, Oh, somebody's going to get it. Yeah, and I, I did was- not, I didn't think it was going to be my gal. I but I think I, that's genius. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I thought it was going to be the girls. I thought it was going to be Samantha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But but then again, that wouldn't have done anything for her character because now she has guilt, which is right. interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's good that it was Robbie because Miguel won last season. Well, yep. in a way, but he also lost too because Johnny saw what he created. Mm-hmm. And there was some kind of um, despair over that. And then in this season, you have Johnny do that to Miguel. And suddenly the family that Johnny has found himself placed into probably won't want him anymore. And there's a lot of issues. Yeah. Narratively, it it did make sense for it to be Miguel for all the reasons that you just that you raised. And 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 Johnny truly finding that son he that he relationship he didn't have with his own blood son and and yeah it it definitely complicates things uh to getting back to the fight itself it definitely was like marvel net you know marvel-esque in the uh the way it all unfolded in the halls and stuff i mean it was well choreographed but uh yeah but miguel falling that definitely was a uh a, a gut wrenching moment uh, for sure, and uh, and when we and spoiler alert um, when when we get to the end of the season, uh, Johnny's um, well, I'll just say Johnny is having to to deal with a lot of stuff, and I'll just leave it there. And there's a couple other points I don't want to spoil for for folks who haven't watched it, but uh, definitely go, go definitely go check it out. There's it's it's a very entertaining quick watch. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that brings us to Cloak and Dagger season two finale level up. Uh, the show hasn't been renewed for season three yet. It's kind of disappointing, everybody. I think I think they're withholding off until San Diego Comic-Con. That's, okay. the thing, that's the only thing I can figure at this point, because it. I know the showrunner uh, teased um the show getting some Emmy consideration for outstanding drama mm-hmm. and um, you know, the I mean, Marvel studios and Freeform and, and I mean, they're promoting the hell out of it. So I don't know if they're doing that to try to drive up numbers or they are just really showing that they're just be patient folks for a hundred percent behind this show. Cause I mean, they're putting Olivia and Aubrey out there promoting everything. I mean, they're even showing up on like late night TV, you know, mm-hmm. so, so, and they were pretty prominent in the upfronts, uh, with the, with the Disney, um, upfront day. So I, I think they're just holding off until San Diego Comic Con. I, I wonder if some of it is also that, um, we're going to just fast forward right to the end because they, they did something I didn't expect in the end. Uh, Candy and Tyrone are leaving New Orleans. Yep. 
And so, and I saw a few things that are hinting that this is going to be how they team team them up with the Runaways, which is a show yeah. that initially was on Hulu and then got canceled and picked up by Freeform. Okay, yeah, it did, it did, because I guess it'll, I guess Runaways will be on this fall. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could. I mean, there. I know we've talked uh, maybe offline from the show, but as far as the potential for um, the the crossover between uh, these two shows, and um, yes, they they were going out of town. Uh, of course, uh, Bridget had notif- let them know about some uh, a group of girls who had shown up dead on the shores down down south. So, I mean, that could be, I mean, you say down south from New Orleans, it's the Gulf. So I assume they must be going to Texas or something. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know what direction it was from. I don't yeah. know because, and originally I thought it was New York because Bridget is from New York. Right. So there are some tie-ins there. Yeah. Um, but then everybody's talking about them being a crossover with the Runaways and that would be California. That would be Los Angeles, yeah. So, I mean, be, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the brilliance of it. I mean, I, I think it opens up the door for us to really speculate uh, and and really just narratively. I think it's I, I whenever I saw whenever I was watching the episode and saw that they were on the that Tandy was on the bus. And then, of course, Tyrone showed up. I was like, I applauded because in two in two regards, one, it was narratively narratively. I think they've. They've gone as far as they can in their growth in New Orleans. So it is, and given that this is a coming of age show, it totally makes sense for them to go out and just like spread your wings, like going off to college and then, or, or, or going off to the military, whatever you do after you graduate from high school. So, uh, so it was very fitting for them in their journey to do that for one. I, I 100% agree. I think that if they had done season three with another Loa, I would have been like, we've already seen this. Um, You you need to bring something else. Like this season finale is called Level Up. The writers need to level up now. They need to expand the universe or give us something new because you can't keep going back to that well. Now, granted, um, I think there's a Dr. Voodoo, which a lot of people have been saying has been hinted at this season. Okay, that sounds like a season five villain. Yeah. I mean, just because yeah. they're leaving New Orleans right now doesn't mean that they're, they're never coming back, doesn't mean that they're not going someplace else. Right, right. And I, and, and, and I learned that, uh, I'm glad you brought that as far as a season five type of villain because I, I was reading some articles from the, uh, where the showrunner was interviewed and he talked about how he hopes that this is a seven seven season journey a lot like uh where we like for example another show we talk about mr robot where he has a vision crafted out for acts one through seven and mm-hmm. so and, and one of the things he did bring up is the fact that he hopes to you know see people like mayhem and and others um adina and um come back so because you do have such great um supporting characters that that we've come to know over the last two years and we can't just can't see them just completely just being uh, disappearing because they are pretty integral to to tie and tandy story right 
Right. So overall, what did you think of this finale? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really did. I, it was, uh, if it were for a season finale, it, it hit everything that a season finale needs to do, which it, it definitely closed up all the little arcs that we've had, uh, that were, uh, that were patched this season. It closes things that we've seen from the, from the very beginning, as far as what happened to Connors, um, as far as the, him murdering Billy and finally getting justice for the, the, uh, for ties for the Johnsons, as far as him being found, you know, guilty and, and, you know, this father, um, he, um, has his moment of, you know, getting back into good grace after his, his fall, uh, Bridget, her story, um, you know, coming to peace with mayhem, but also, um, having, you know, opening a new relationship with Mina, uh, Mina, because she was, remember she was, uh, was it a, was it a devastator or destroyer from the first season when they had the negative energy, she was infused with it. So, um, so there was a lot of threads that were hatched that they really, Tied up in Evita. I mean, how can we forget Evita? Uh, I mean, there's just so many things that her now taking Ati Chantil's place and uh, her into her romance with Ty and her her new her new life as far as you know her new journey and and being very integral to helping Ty and Tandy defeat Andre. Right, right. I I actually felt like this this finale was somewhat anticlimactic and it was and I feel like what what should have happened is um they they often always start their season with the first and second episode back to back but I really feel like they shouldn't have done that and instead should have aired those episodes separately and aired this episode with the episode nine back to back because I felt like you had a, so much, so much momentum mm-hmm. that this episode really just felt like an epilogue for majority of the time. Like after they, they kill off Andre, it just suddenly felt really slowed down and, and tying up loose ends and going through that. And, and also some of the stuff with Andre. It was cool because this is the first time we've really seen Tyrone in yeah. the rabbit hole and, and I wanted to see more of that mm-hmm. because he, he has, he like literally encountered himself. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> because meanwhile, <laughs> Tandy's like encountering her abusive father and that's a demon that we've known about for now two seasons. And we've known about Ty and his expectations and trying to to realize that just because he took a different route in his life doesn't mean he failed. But it just it felt also I don't I don't know how to put it. I just there was something about where I almost felt like it went on too long between them. Um, with Andre trying to, to make them stop and, and I, I don't know. It, it just felt like, okay, the, the action can stop and we can focus. I don't know. No, that's, that's a, that's a very fair point. Uh, I think, let's, I guess let's take each, each one of them 
separately here as far as their confrontations at the end because I do I think you're right. First your first point which was they should have scheduling wise had episodes nine and ten, as you said, back to back. Mm-hmm. Uh because the way that there was such momentum that was built up last week with Blue Note and then uh, with people disappearing and everything, it, it, it was kind of hard to get back into that tension when this just this episode started with people, the people disappearing. So I, I think I will, I will agree with you. I think they scheduling, they should have put those two back to back as just a, a, a two hour kind of finale night mm-hmm. event. Uh, second, uh, as far as Ty, confronting himself as far as his despair. I could go either way with that. I, I, I see your point in that it was something that um, we have been missing. We, we talked about how we've missed Ty's journey this season and they and then putting it into the season finale like this. Uh, it did feel a bit rushed mm-hmm. that he and it's been teased because, but it was teased through Tandy's visions of hope early on when she, you know, she saw the perfect version of Ty where he is a, a police officer in the New Orleans Police Department and he's married to Vita and his family's back together and everyone's happy. Right. So, so we, we, we've seen that version of Ty teed up before. So through Tandy, so it was, it was very, Fitting that these two are obviously linked, and so he confronting that version of himself, the and all the opportunities that he's had, and all the guilt that he's felt the last two years uh, for, of not measuring up. It was what better way for uh, despair to to basically use that mirror on 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 tie to. Just basically just double down to make Ty go even deeper down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So I see that. Um, the other route they could have gone with him is the un, see, I think with, with, with Connors, it was a little unfinished because Adina took care of Connors before Ty, he had some closure or maybe a closure is not the right word. He has some resolution with Connors killing Billy. Uh, so I don't know how much more they could have mined from that. Oh, I th- I think it was dead. I think that issue has been dead for a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only and and the other place that where we could go would be Billy, and as far as still the feelings of guilt with with that. So, so I mean, that, I'm just trying to make the counterpoint as far as what other places they could have mined for Ty to to feel that kind of despair. And I think they've really resolved those things. So, but that big one in the room has been that feeling of guilt and stuff. So I think it was very fitting that that was what they, they, they focused on this episode. Yeah. And, and that's what I was getting at. It was that I, I felt like it was, it was an odd choice, but I, I also understand how at the end of the day, based off of everything that's happened, that's the obvious choice to make at the same time for him to confront that version of himself. Um, But yeah, I just also, I felt like the whole action sequence in that, in the rabbit hole just kept going on and on and on and on and on. And they made small changes, but it just 
still felt like it was taking a while to get there because it, I almost felt like it, it took too long, realistically, considering how much Tandy and Tyrone have really gone through. Like, they could have made that breakthrough a lot sooner, in my opinion, um, rather Andre having a few more scenes to play. But then again, he's a big bad, so sometimes you have to make it almost feel like it's impossible to beat him, and yeah. then they come out and 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 um, get him. Which, by the way, how stupid are we? Yeah, Tandy's... Tandy's daggers are made of hope. Of course. Of course. The, <laughs> that's the whole thing. And we even called it out like during yeah. the the episode a few weeks ago. Yeah, when we she's in the motel, she doesn't get the dagger. Her um the dagger only comes from, comes to her when somebody else gets their hope back in that motel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's yeah, I mean that's the great thing about the show. There's so many, there's so many layers and so many textures to it. I mean, we can be forgiven for for missing something like that because, yeah, it's it's. I mean, they've done a good job of creating a universe that is grounded, but yet still a superhero show. Uh, and I, and and it was one of the things too. I liked that you know, as you mentioned, it was kind of an epilogue to uh, for the seasons. Seeing how the thing, like for example, with Ty, knowing he can't solve all crime in new orleans but mm, there yeah. was a good moment that was a good touch i'm glad they remembered to, to 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 show that moment where you know the kid that he's been interacting with throughout the season when they were back to selling drugs and stuff but he was like but he saw the, the ladies in the car clearly being trafficked they didn't forget that point and they were like like no 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 we well, we can't deal with you man we can't deal with you so, you know, those, those things. And then, of course, Tandy. I mean, there was a few cheesy moments like the Zorro <laughs> on her dad. So. I, I, I still don't get that choice. I was like, no, yeah, no, yeah, don't little, do it. Yeah, yeah it, was a little, it was trying to maybe put a little bit of lightness into a very tense moment. But, yeah, you know, it, it can't be perfect. <laughs> no, no. I, I They wrapped up everything that they knew. And I think that... That shows like how this show is written. It's written in a way where clearly everyone is talking about each chapter continuously so that you can make sure the right lines and items are hinted at. So when you get your payoff, sometimes it feels like more of a surprise. Um, like the daggers did and there were a few other magic tricks they did early on this season as opposed to some other shows that we talk about where it feels like everything is much more confined in the space of that one episode as opposed to no if if you if you were to say allude to this in this episode then there would be a bigger payoff down the line yeah definitely definitely um but, um, yeah, I mean, I th- you're completely right about that. And, um, there were some great payoffs, the, the, the daggers, the evolution, I mean, of their, their powers where they leveled up and they finally got proper superhero costumes, which again, like you're to your point earlier, how they tie everything back together, uh, Ty's cloak being the one that Billy constructed, mm-hmm. uh, from season one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of course, Tandy's being the perfect version of herself, the ballerina. So it's, I mean, that's, those, those are the little, those are the details that I think 
which makes this makes this show very enjoyable and like you said carrying those threads through all the way um and and reminding it being a, a tapestry over the course of, of a season yeah i just and, don't know which fight scene was more poorly lit was it the fight scene between o'reilly and the loa or that game of thrones battle for winter <laughs> Like, yeah, Jesus that was Christ, guys. Get another candle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That 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 fight scene. Yeah, it was a little little anti. If there was something that was anticlimactic for me in the episode, that one definitely was uh, wasn't as well executed as I would would have would have hoped. But uh, but you know, it, but they they made up for it with Tandy jumping out of the out of the cloak with the with the with the sword. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I I agree. It kind of felt like they just they wanted Bridget to be involved, but they didn't know how to how to make sense of it, considering Tyrone and Tandy were had to um, go into the rabbit hole and he didn't want to bring Mayhem down there because, yeah. I mean, before Mayhem's been down there with Tandy and she kind of saved the day a few times. So um, you need them to have their moments. So what do you do with Bridget when clearly she can she can help out? Um, you make her a bodyguard. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess if you make her a bodyguard, but it, it works. With both Bridget and Avita at that moment, uh, even though it was poorly lit and you know, the fighting was kind of, you know, again hard to follow, but uh, the bigger picture, the bigger point of them both being somewhat estranged from the two of from Ty and Tandy at this point, because uh, obviously with with Tyrone and and Avita's relationship ending, and and and, and Tandy and and Bridget. Not really seeing eye to eye on again this question of, of justice and and uh, revenge and everything you know they they are, but yet at the end of the day those two characters you know have Ty and Tandy's back and despite all the issues that they're dealing with they can still count on them to to help I mean Evita was basically the key to keeping them alive because if that if the candle went out then you know they're trapped in the in the pocket dimension with with andre yeah yeah they, they use the pocket dimension a lot this season so um but i think i mean level up is kind of the perfect name for this finale because that's really what this whole season was about it was about these characters they now understand their powers but how far can they really push it in and last season, we saw a lot of them viewing other people's hopes and dreams. And this was more, much more about the pocket dimension and what that is and what how he can manipulate that. While Tandy, it's much more about the daggers aren't only a weapon, but they're hope. And how can hope be a weapon? Well, it's actually a very useful weapon <laughs> very, very. <laughs> when you're battling despair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it, and, and I mean, there's, was some really good moments between the two of them in this episode. I'm gonna get yeah. my relationship soon, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, either way, the way that, of course, waffles. And if that, if we don't get a season three, I, I really hope we do, but if we don't, I, 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 I will be okay the way the series ended with them. All yeah. the way out on the bus like that. I wouldn't feel cheated if, if by some chance the show gets canceled. 
I I completely agree because that's what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, I feel like the writers at some point said we have to end it in this way because there isn't a guarantee we can continue the story. And if not, this is the way to end it. And I feel like arguably they did the same thing with season one, which again, this is why it's a well-written show because they understand that they've only been awarded a certain amount of time to tell a story. And so they're not, they're not focused on like, Oh, well, season two, season three, it's kind of like, well, if we're only allotted this time, what story do we tell and how do we tell it? As opposed to, okay, well, if we have to do, we have to do this setup, but there's no payoff because we didn't get renewed. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, it's, I, I read where the showrunner actually did write a scene that, uh, would have happened, I think, after them on the bus, but he, uh, he rightly cut it and he said he's just going to use it. He didn't say what it was going to be, but he was going to just, if they do get a third season, they would, uh, that would be the opening scene for the third season. So. Interesting. Yeah. They cut yeah. it and it's going to be the intro for, huh? See, it, it's, it's, it's writing is so huge for all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you got to have a plan, but you have to also know when your plan isn't working and. Or could not work and be, yeah. Yeah. You got to adjust, but I think that is it for us today. Yeah. That is, that is, folks. If you uh, missed any of those prior episodes, or if it's your first time listening to us and looking for some shows to binge this summer, I think we at least two of them, which have completed, we I can't strongly recommend enough. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, and even and also Cobra Kai, and um, let us know what you think about uh, Swamp Thing. Yep. And um, Will, why don't you tell them where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, that's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K on Twitter. And you can find me at S J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>